Hey Lions fans, you are listening to The Roar, a Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode number 51, the Dominic Rayola edition, and your Detroit Lions are coming off a snow beating to the Philadelphia Eagles. fans i am coming to you late friday and uh, unfortunately my recording microphone decided to stop working so in the meantime for the next several weeks you're gonna have to bear with me while i use my small recorder um and uh, i had wanted to record earlier this week about the lines analysis but just didn't find the time and again as it was a couple weeks ago that may or may not have been a good thing Um, because of what we all had to witness in the Lions versus Eagles game. So I'm actually not going to get into the analysis. Uh, We can get into Sam's coverage of that game. I'm more going to focus on the huge upcoming game at Monday night, um, on Monday night against the Ravens at home. Um, Two, well, I, I can't say two, one definitely disappointing team coming off a Super Bowl, but still fighting for the playoffs. And one other team in our Lions that I just, I don't know. I do not know what to think. One week they look like playoff contenders. Another week they look like the same old Lions. And then other weeks they look that middling could be good, but just not good enough pack. So I I don't know what to think of the Lions at this point. And that's kind of the whole... The whole emphasis of this podcast is this week, but just to give you my real quick thoughts on the game, before it happened, this is a game that I predicted and had um, guessed before that they were going to lose. In Philadelphia, um, you know, it was a team that was struggling, but lately has just come alive. Nick Foles, since taking over um, Vic, has just looked unstoppable at times, you know, up until this game, which... Judging by the conditions, I had a feeling that was going to end, but hasn't hadn't thrown a pick until he faced the Lions. Um, so I, I tried to preface myself before this game as I sat down to watch it, and I thought, you know, Matt, don't get too carried away. This is the game you already thought that they were going to lose. Um, so you don't get don't get too crazy and, and you know come up with all these thoughts during the game. But easier said than done, of course, as game time hits and you get into it. And uh, the final whistle blew. I was just as ticked off as I would have been for any other game, regardless of, yeah, I expected them to lose, but it's just the way and the events that happen in the game as Lions fans that we know just eat at you and are so irritating. It wasn't this, you know, close game that because of a blocked field goal or some crazy event caused by the weather that, you know, the Eagles just happened to come out ahead or just happened to have the ball at the end of the game to score a game-winning field goal or touchdown. It wasn't that close, you know, game that could have gone either way. It was, hey, what we've so been so accustomed to seeing, the Lions just throwing the game literally and figuratively and fumbling the game away. Um, eight fumbles. Um, that is not a misspoken word. Again, eight fumbles in this game yes not all of them were lost some of them were this little dribblers but still they all count on the stat sheet the same 
And I don't want to sound like a broken record because I'm sure you've heard this all around, but, you know, the, the notion is to say, well, look at the elements. Yeah, I, I expected that, but as everyone has said, fans and, and readers and, and comments I've seen, is, and even Stafford said it, put it perfectly, both teams were playing in the same snow. And uh, that's very true. If anything, yeah, the Lions aren't used to it, but look at who is playing on the other team. You have... A, a indoor back similar to Reggie Bush, he held on to the ball. You have an inexperienced quarterback taking over for your starter. I mean, this is only his fourth, fifth, or sixth week, you know, and yeah, he's played before this, but way more inexperienced than Stafford. He didn't fumble the ball. And, and yet you have, granted, Reggie Bush gets hurt, and, and that kind of factored in the other point of me not thinking too highly. But this game really wasn't meant for his style of play. Whether he agrees with it or not, I do agree. The one thing I agree with on shorts on that is Reggie Bush has had some great outdoor games, but in the snow, his quick speed, his his cuts and stuff like that, it's hard to argue that this is really meant for his style of play. So Joyke Bell gets the ball, uh, <laughs> or should I say uh, lack of getting the ball or keeping onto the ball, unfortunately, in this game. And Again, I like Joyke Bell a lot, and I didn't want to get too mad at him. So, And the first fumble, I was like, okay, you know, that stinks, but what are you going to do? The ball's slippery. I've been outside. I've been in the snow. I've fallen on my butt plenty of times outside. I know how it is. Um, and then the second fumble happened, and then the miscommunications with Stafford and, and all that. And, and, you know, a couple fumbles are acceptable or just a, a good punch out by the defender, but some of these were just flat out, you know, just I don't know what to call it. Miscommunications are just those, those just lack of preparation, I feel like. And, and just that's what frustrates me most about the Lions. And here I am, you know, going on, I think, four or five minutes discussing this when I said it would be quick, but. When you get my thoughts back into it, there's just so much you need to get out. Um, I think that's what really irritates all of us fans. And you know that that Fire Jim Schwartz crowd is getting much, much louder than it was at the beginning of the year. And I, and I can't, you know, I'm not really going to sway either anybody's opinion on either side because I think it's all like it is. It's all opinion. It doesn't really matter what us fans think because what's going to happen is going to happen regardless of we like it or not. Um, in terms of short staying or leaving in the future, but I think I, I really I don't uh, I don't know how to put this, but I, I, I there isn't a lot of reasons right now for me to back up Schwartz if I was on that side of the fence because there is this lack of improvement or fixing mistakes, and we've seen it through his entire tenure. This is not something new this season that all of a sudden the Lions haven't been able to fix their mistakes. I mean, these are the same things we've seen since day one. And you can forgive Schwartz when he first took over this team. I mean, he's taking over the first 0-16 team in NFL history, and they won two games. And I'm glad they won two games, and I can't fault Schwartz for that. You can't fault him for the next season because... As we all know, that team was so horribly constructed, you had to give several years just to get anybody on that team who could play football. But now we're a talented. As I can't remember what analysis said it, but he said the Detroit Lions are the most talented team in the NFL. Now, I don't quite agree with that, but you'd be hard-pressed to find another team with such good players at every position. Um, you know, best wide receiver in the league. 
one of the best, and I'm going to say it, one of the best quarterbacks, and I do believe that. No, I'm not going to rank him and say top five, top ten. It doesn't matter. He's way, way better than we need to win a Super Bowl. And to me, that's all that important. You look at the team and you say, who's in place? Is it good enough to win a Super Bowl? Because that is fans is all I want. Do I need to have the number one quarterback? No. Do you need to have the number one running back? No. Do you need to have the number one wide receiver? We have it, but no, you don't need to have it. You need to have, I don't want to say good enough, because you need to have better than good enough to win a Super Bowl, but I do truly, truly believe that Stafford is way, way better of a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Sorry, side rant, just need to go off that. But you look at all these positions, they're right. I'm not going to say the Lions are the most talented team in the NFL. I don't believe that, but they clearly have so much more talent that, Quite honestly, these mistakes and stuff are unforgivable. And you can blame the players, and and you should. You should blame the players. I mean, Schwartz can't go on the field and make sure Stafford doesn't fumble or Drakeball doesn't fumble or these receivers not drop the ball. But whatever the players do, as it is in the NFL, reflects on the coach. So they have to take the blame. Whether it's fair or unfair, that's how it is. And there is no improvement, and that is on the coaches. The players, yes, I understand, they need to work on it. But if the coaches aren't doing anything to help them, then that reflects poorly on them. So that is my biggest beef, is just the lack of improvement, the roller coaster ride of a season. And honestly, Jim Schwartz's tenure so far is just up and down, up and down. And unfortunately, up until this point, there's been more downs than ups. You know, we had the the playoff run, and just like that, the next season back down again. And yeah, they were all close games, but at some point, you got to win those, and we have enough talent to win those games. Um, So it's super, super frustrating to see that, the lack of improvement, quite honestly. And uh, a lot has been made out this week of, you know, Jim Schwartz is pretty much fighting for his job and to prove that he can take this talented team who many now see should be having 10, 11, maybe even 12 wins this season, but because of the stupid mistakes, lack of execution, all that other stuff have dropped us down now to 7-6, fighting for our playoff lives. Folks, the Green Bay Packers, who is star quarterback and Aaron Rodgers has been hurt now for almost half the season are almost going to overtake the Lions. If they win one more game and the Lions lose, we're we're in trouble. And that's to me, that's just it's not tolerable to be in this position. We're barely ahead of the Green Bay Packers who have not who arguably have the best quarterback, have looked at times like the worst team in the league without him, and yet we are still barely, barely treading water ahead of them. We're now tied with the Chicago Bears, who it's hard to say they lost their starting quarterback because, as we've all seen, McCown looks like the better quarterback at this point. Um, breaking news today is uh, Cutler is going to be starting instead of McCown. I I see where the Bears are going with that, but, uh, man, I don't know if anyone else saw McCown on Monday night, but that guy, and granted, um, Dallas's defense is an all-time terrible but still, I mean, it, some of his throws. So maybe that'll end up helping the Lions that uh, Cutler is back in the starting spot. But kind of gone all over here, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you're pretty used to that by now. It's a, it's a rambling podcast. But back to my point, 
of not knowing where the Lions are. I, I don't know. I don't trust Jim Schwartz for the Lions to be ready in this game, quite honestly. And I don't want to sound as blunt as that because I'm never on that bandwagon of fire this guy, fire this guy, fire this guy, and everything's perfect. But I'm losing faith, I'll be honest. I'm losing faith not only in Jim Schwartz but just the entire coaching staff in general because of the lack of improvement. And I've said that five times, but it's very key because these players have been on the team for long enough now. Yeah, every year you have your rookies, you have your new guys, but these veterans have been on the team, so there is no improvement. They know this coaching staff now. This coaching staff has these same players, has the system in place, and there is no improvement. Every week it's just a random it just it's a random act of plays and events. You never know what to expect. Every team has their off games, but moreover or not, you expect some sort of consistency or know what to expect from your team. Every week, and, and, and some fans might like this, I'll admit at times, I kind of love going into the game. You know, we all laugh and say as Lions fans, what are we going to expect this week? Because you never know. used to be in the past what crazy way the Lions would find a way to lose the game, but now it's just what crazy thing are the Lions going to do this week? It keeps you on your, t- on your heels, but, you know, I'd really like to just see the Lions play consistent, play to their potential. And uh, overused is any word as there is in the sports language, but... Man, they have so much potential, so many stars and studs and and playmakers on this team. Some people having standout years in DeAndre Levy and and others, and we're just wasting it, to be quite honest, at this point. So back back to the Monday night game. Um, And actually, first, let's get to Sam's analysis of this game, and then we'll cover the Monday night game against the Ravens. This is Sam Sam, the Lions fan, the sideline reporter of The Roar, a Detroit Lions podcast. Well, the Eagles and the Lions. This is indeed a wild one inside the virtual snow globe, uh, and it was a game the Lions should have won, and would have won, if they had eliminated their dumbass mistakes. Uh, The Lions had control of the game, and when the momentum shifted for the final time, the Lions simply could not respond. Now, there were a variety of things that went wrong, and I won't get into all those things. I'm sure Matt will, um, if he hasn't uh, already. Uh, I will say I was very disappointed in this loss. Uh, Well, in fact, here's a little something that summarizes my reaction to the game. all around. Uh, and this, of course, is it's, it's too bad that the Lions didn't get this win. Um, each game now becomes exponentially more important as we go on. Um, certainly this loss didn't make anything easier. Uh, anyway, around the NFC North, the Bears played the Cowboys on Monday night. Uh, I didn't see it or even listen to it, but I understand that even though Dallas played pretty well, that they, uh, well, they didn't do us any favors as the Bears... Beat the Cowboys, boosting them back up in line with the Lions. 
Uh, next, the Bears head to Cleveland to take on the Browns, and I don't see this as a gimme game for the Bears, but it's certainly not a game, uh, excuse me, it certainly is a game that they uh, can win. But for now, I'm going to say go Browns. Uh, Vikings played Baltimore. Um, they played admirably, admir <laughs> easy for me to say, admirably, but the uh, Ravens did take the win, and uh, next week the Vikings take on the Eagles, who should clean their clocks without having Adrian Peterson on hand, but, uh, you know, we'll see. It's hard to say what's going to happen there. Uh, the Packers played Atlanta. The Falcons almost pulled off a win, but the Packers did what they needed to do to walk away with the victory. Uh, next week they'll face the Cowboys in Dallas, which gives the Cowboys a better chance, of course. Um, if Rodgers remains out, I think the Cowboys have a really good shot at winning this game. Um, I can't see him coming back anytime soon, but if he does, that will uh, present new challenges. Uh, next up, of course, the Lions are uh, against the Ravens at home on Monday night. Again, uh, the loss against the Eagles uh, and the Bears' win makes this game all the more important. The Lions seriously need to get it done. Uh, no more turnovers, no more stupid stupid mistakes. Uh, play some serious disciplined football. Uh, of course, you haven't heard anybody say that this year. Uh, this brings me to another topic. Uh, you know, and I hesitate to bring this up, but at what point does this lack of discipline reflect heavily on uh, Co Coach Swartz uh, to the point that we need to be thinking about this? Um, if if the Lions drop Schwartz, who would replace him? Um, who would take this? I mean, it's, seriously, we have a very talented team, and, but who would take him to the next level? I don't know who's out there, who's available, um, but they're clearly primed and ready from a talent standpoint, and uh, maybe it's time to look for an alternative? I, I don't know. Um, now, let's just say the Lions do make the playoffs. It's fair to say um, that they've certainly made it by talent, uh, is it fair to say that they've made it in spite of the coaching staff, if they make it that far? Um, if it is, how far can they go with a stronger coaching staff? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I think Schwartz does a nice job for the most part, and I appreciate his passion for the game, but maybe, you know, this team uh, could use a coach that's not so laissez-faire about the mistakes being made. Schwartz does admit to mistakes, but I don't, I don't see things changing, and it's, it's disheartening, frankly. Uh, but again, this begs the question of, you know, who would that be? Or maybe it just begs the question. What you talking about, That's all I got. Anyway, let's go, Lions. Back to you, Matt. You are listening to The Roar, a Detroit Lions podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We have a black background with blue letters, The Roar. You can also find the show on our website, theroarlions.podbean.com, where you can find information about the show, a fan forum, contest information, archive shows, and much more. Lastly, please email into the show with your comments, concerns, opinions about your favorite team. The email is theroarlions at gmail.com. Thanks to all you loyal listeners, and enjoy the show. And now we come to the Monday night game against the Ravens at home at Ford Field. Both teams desperately wanting to make their way into the playoffs. And for me, it all comes down to this. It all starts right now. This is either going to be the start of something beautiful 
or the start of something very, very sad. Because Lions fans, I'm calling it right now, and granted, that means absolutely nothing. But if the Lions win this game, we're in the playoffs. The Lions lose this game, we're on the outside looking in, and there is going to be a world of problems around Lions Nation after blowing what was quite honestly handed to us on a silver platter in the NFC North this season. And uh, But I'm not looking on that route. I'm looking on the other route. And again, mathematically and all that other, no, this is not a must win. This is not a Lions win. They're in Lions out. They're in, not out. But to me, what I feel for this team, where the motivation is, where all the momentum is, I feel like it starts in this game. And I feel like winning this game is that important, is the stepping stone to what I said of making the playoffs. And if losing this game on a Monday night at home with the crowd into it, I just see two paths. I've been wrong before many a time, but I'm telling you what I feel right now. Do you want the Lions to step on that ladder, beat the opponent that, quite frankly, I truly believe at home on Monday night with your fans is a team you should beat? Yes, that is the way I believe the Lions are going to go because I, like Sam, am staying optimistic right now. And it also helps that it's Friday and not Monday when I'm recording this, so the the stink and uh, bad taste in my mouth left from last weekend's game, I've had several days to recover. So I'm in a more optimistic feel looking forward to Monday instead of still you know, uh, um, looking back on the loss that just occurred. So I'm trying to wipe that from my memory. Um, we have a, an opponent that, like the Lions, just can't seem to find their identity this season. The huge difference with the Lions is this team is just coming off a Super Bowl win. So clearly can play in the big games. Um, as Joel Flacco has shown in the playoffs, regardless of what you think of him as the, the whole elite quarterback debate, he's clearly shown in big games he can play. Um, he has a great playoff experience where the Lions just quite don't have that, um, quite frankly don't have it at all. With one playoff appearance, and any player on the Lions only has one playoff experience for the Lions, if that, um, if they were here a couple years back when they got demolished by the Saints, but that is the past. We are looking towards the future, and like I said, I have high hopes for the Lions. Coming off a, a snow-trenched, terrible weather game, and, and don't get me wrong, the Lions blew it. They need to play in the outdoors with the Super Bowl now and in the future looking like they might be in outdoor stadiums. This team needs to learn and learn quick how to play in, in rough conditions, and I think they will. Um, but that's not this game. They are playing indoor in the comfy Ford Field um, with the turf. Reggie Bush is going to be out there. Calvin Johnson's going to be back. Uh, Matthew Stafford, who his stats, I think I, I read somewhere that he's averaging around 340 yards and I think two and a half touchdowns at home. Great numbers, obviously. And then there was that little, little comment by a rookie safety who most of you who read it thought they were talking about Elam, the kicker. <laughs> but no, there, there's a safety, Matt Elam, um, or a secondary cornerback, whatever, someone on their defense who called Kelvin Johnson old. 
Now, you can call Calvin Johnson many things. I mean, you can say he's not the best wide receiver in the world. I'll call you crazy. You can say it. Uh, you can say, you know, drops too many passes, is too tall, is too awesome, is too good. But the one thing I have not heard is that he's too old. Wide receiver at 28, most would argue in this league, 20, if you're good like Calvin, 26 to about 30 is your, your wide receiver prime. You know, running backs, yeah, 28 is probably at the end of your life cycle. But for wide receiver who's been in relatively, I mean, he's been banged out, but He's not truly missed many games in the NFL, keeps himself in great shape, has a good work ethic. Calling the best wide receiver in the NFL um, old the week before you play him on Monday Night Football with your team, with this Lions team kind of having their hearts beat out in the last game and, and quite frankly searching for any type of motivation and uh, fire, and you just lit it. And uh, Kelvin surprised me. Now, didn't come out and, and, you know, bash him, but did have a little bit to say firing back, saying, you know, he needs to shut his mouth, and hopefully we will shut it for him on Monday night. Now, in terms of trash talking, nothing. But for Kelvin Johnson, that's big. You know, and he, he did go on to do his usual, you know, I can't worry about it, and I, I don't listen to it, but... His comment was kind of telling that he clearly does hear it, or if him, not himself, you know, his teammates. I'm sure Nate Burleson puts that into his ear. And, uh, well, let's just uh, look at the stats for the Dallas game. A little wide receiver known as Des Bryant had something to say. And, again, I, I'm not blaming Bryant on these comments. I'm not even blaming Elam because if you read the whole article, he goes on to, to heap um, quite a lot of praise on Kelvin. Just one of those words that he probably didn't wish or wish he didn't say, and the media ran with it. Um, just like Des Bryant, I I don't like Des Bryant, but those comments were pretty harmless. I think if you actually read the context. But again, the media ran with it, and Kelvin uh, Johnson exploded. Um, actually, broke a, a, an NFL record, kind of a big deal um, that game. So I'm expecting big things. Now, because of that happen, I think the Ravens might even focus more attention on Calvin Johnson. Pretty much everyone in the entire nation is expecting Calvin Johnson to go off at this point, and I think he will. But I think the key factor is Reggie Bush because of that, because everyone and their mother in the world is expecting the Lions to feed Calvin Johnson. I think you've got to watch out for Reggie Bush in this game, and he is my X factor. He is the guy, when Calvin Johnson is triple covered, he's the guy who's going to make things happen. Or he's the guy in the end zone when they're playing three deep and have the safety cover Calvin on Calvin's side. He's the guy we need to pitch to on the other side. So he is the X factor in this game. Reggie Bush, cover the slack for when the Ravens, you know, try and stop Calvin Johnson. They can't do it. We've known that. We've seen it. But they can try. And when they're trying, we have to feed Reggie Bush. At home on turf, you know, the fumble thing aside, shouldn't be much of a factor indoors, so I expect him to really pick up the slack if they do something crazy to cover Kelvin. But I do think that every coach and every player in the league has a tremendous amount of pride and is very confident in themselves because otherwise you wouldn't be in the NFL. So 
you know, they might overgloss that and say, hey, we can stop Kelvin with only single or double coverage. I don't think they want to admit. Or a lot of teams, I think, is a reason, you know, I hear a lot of, why is Kelvin only single covered? It's because coaches and, and definitely that player doesn't want to admit that they have to double or triple cover Kelvin to stop him. They want to think that they can put one guy on him and he stops. So hopefully their own pride and stuff gets in the way and they try single coverage coverage on Kelvin. Um, other huge factor in this game, because I think Joe Flacco is prone to making mistakes when he's rushed, our D-line needs to step up and step up big. I need Packers game production from this unit. And uh, really, that, that's it. That's all I have to say about that. That's what they need to come out with, that fire in that game. Um, and less, less Eagles game, more Packers game. Um, and yes, Joel Flacco, regardless what you think on him, about him, is much better than Matt Flynn. But still, I will stand by this. You give the quarterback no time. It doesn't matter who's back there. He's going to make mistakes. Ray Rice having a down year, but I think we all are a little bit scared, um, especially after last week where McCoy just ate us up. I'm a little scared myself. Um, uh, Ray Rice was on my fantasy team. I'm knocked out of the playoffs, so I always still root for Lions more than fantasy any day. Um, I would rather lose in fantasy and have my Lions win any day. But now that Ray, I'm out of the playoffs and you know Ray Rice on my team, I could care less. I hope he has negative 20 yards in this game. But I am a little scared because he's that he's that player who's proven in the past to be good that just seems like the type of player that can light up the Lions. So they need to contain him. But I am okay in this game. And there's always got to be leeway unless the defense has an outstanding performance and stops all facets, which I don't think they will. But if you're going to pick one, I'd rather have Ray Rice having a great day on the ground and you punish Joe Flacco for passing. To me, I don't think the Ravens are going to win with the ground and pound style because the Lions, with their offense, their quick scoring ability, can get up on them quickly and then take the running game away from the Ravens. And pressure Joe Flacco, and you also take away the passing game. Um, I did hear that Dennis Pitta is back um, healthy. Well, you know, at least playing in this game, which does add another dimension. He's a very underrated, sure-handed, um, tight end threat, which we've seen in the past some very rough patches with our our, our linebackers and cornerbacks trying to cover you know, sure-handed, bigger tight ends. And uh, our linebackers have been much better this year, at least in some games, but that matchup also scares me a bit. Um, but anyways, uh, because this is such a game, I know I'm kind of going around my, my normal format, but because I have had more time tonight, I did want to cover this Monday night game, more of a preview of my thoughts. I'm even going to go out with a prediction. I say Lions 28 Ravens 21. Again, that's Lions 28, Ravens 21. I see a big game from, I guess I should clarify, I see a normal game for Calvin Johnson, which means a great game for any other wide receiver. You know, I'm not talking 300 yards here. I'm talking, you know, right around 100 with a touchdown. I see a good game from Reggie Bush. Um, maybe not a ton of um, you know, just touchdowns and stuff like that, but good 
fast or first down carries, you know, probably around 100 yards as well with a touchdown. And then my X factor in this game, another guy who's going to step it up, Joseph Fourier, because I feel that he has been underutilized in the past, and this is just going on a limb. Um, but because of that, we've seen in the past, after a couple weeks of him getting nothing, he all of a sudden will do something spectacular. And uh, we've seen the Lions just struggle down by the red zone, and they're going to exploit the Kelvin, Chris Durham, Fourier matchup, and I just see him coming out with a, you know, a touchdown, maybe even a couple touchdowns. So those are my thoughts on the game. Like I said, Lions, I see you guys at a crossroads. Do you want to go left and join the upper echelon of teams who not only are expected but follow through on making the playoffs every year? Or do you want to go to the right and go down that path that you've often decided to go down, disappointing fans, disappointing yourselves, and just disappointing overall and not living up to that potential? So I believe, Lions, that you will make the right decision. I believe you're going to curl left and head upwards into better things. But it's up to you now. I'll be in front of my TV in HD glorious Monday Night Football cheering you on. And let's see what you can do. Prove it to me, Lions. Let's go. 